Hi everyone, Making Wave episode 13. Lazzy here with me once more and we're recording post Matildas and they've done it. They've got through to the quarterfinal, a 2-0 win over Denmark and what a night it was at Stadium Australia. One of those nights that goes down in Australian football history, I think. Indeed there, Nathan, you're right. Welcome to all the Backpeg listeners on our Making Waves series and Nathan, what a night indeed and we're recording at an ungodly hour. Right, happy to do so because uh, there's a bit to digest from that Matildas performance tonight. And uh, the Matildas going through to the quarterfinals and either France or Morocco await. Indeed, indeed. And it'll be at 5pm Saturday, Sydney time. Yep. And I think there'll be uh, some late rush, late rushes to get tickets and fly up to Brisbane for that game. But good luck. Good luck getting the ticket because they are going to be in such high demand. I don't think there's going to be too many popping up over the next couple of days, that's for sure. So Tumbalong Park is going to be very busy. Hmm. I wish there was something out at uh, Homebush on Saturday because there'll be a big crowd going to the quarterfinal there between England and the yet-to-be-determined opponent. Um, and, yep, so I'm not sure, aside from a couple of bars out there, if there is anything uh, out there for the supporters to to view because uh, a lot of oh, I mean you were at the ground tonight and I was at the ground as well uh, hence the ungodly hour and in true backpack <laughs> fashion we should actually say Nathan that this episode is brought to us by Sydney Trains <laughs> yes it is one a.m. as we speak <laughs> and Laz I was lucky enough to take four wheels in yes yes you on the other hand not so much no that's right you want to fill the listeners in yeah sure. And I'll get back to where I was going with that previous point. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. with regards to City Trains, yes, there was a delay at Circular at uh, Homebush at Sydney Olympic Park, I should say, uh, which probably added about um, thirty to forty-five minutes to your way home. And uh, yeah, there were a, look the sit the staff were great, right? Uh, have to be said, you know, they handled it very well. The crowd was great, uh, in a good mood, obviously jovial because of the Matildas win. But uh, signal failures along the Olympic Park line do not help the situation. Perfect timing as always. Absolutely. But uh, I digress. So with regards to that, the point is that there should be a bit of uh, uh, infrastructure, just a small fan fest perhaps. I'm not too sure, just outside mm. Stadium Australia, right? Because the penalty shootout uh, people were trying to you know, get in touch with, and we'll cover all this tomorrow, but people were trying to, to stay in touch with what was happening in Brisbane earlier. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, yes, understand the build-up to the game that you're about to watch, but I think, uh, you know, if there's a bit of thought to the to the football f- fan in general actually having a, you know, a big screen somewhere, in that precinct, I think that would have um, that would have served everyone pretty well. Let's put it on the big screen in the ground. All that too, but there I might mean, be there might be a reason why they don't. But yeah, all that too. I, I mean, the penalties were ongoing about fifteen minutes before kickoff tonight, mm. and by that time, everyone's already in the ground. Just put it on the big screen, you know. And as, as you mentioned, we'll cover off what happened earlier tonight. The England Nigeria mm. match t- in tomorrow's pod. Mm. Uh, this will be uh, primarily a Tilly's pod, mm. but yeah, you're right. Hopefully there will be something set up in Olympic Park. There isn't too much going in Olympic Park at the best of times mm. in terms of precinct. And I don't think if Saturday's game goes to extra time and then penalties, there's enough time to get from Tumbalong to home, which there's definitely not. Correct. So, And that's the point. Yeah. And there's going to have to be something going on there in mm. terms of a way to watch it because every single person going to the later kickoff, England mm. against Jamaica or Colombia, 
they'll be keeping an eye on the uh, Australian game if it's still ongoing. Yeah, correct, correct. And look, apologies to our outside of Sydney listeners, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah, is Sydney a, problems, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And the thing is, though, Sydney's hosting the final and it's at that mm. venue. Yep. Right? So it's a consideration nonetheless. But shall we move on to the match this evening that we witnessed? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's dive right into it. And just on a wider scale, on a wider lens, I don't think you can overstate the impact of tonight's events long, if you think about it long term, mm-hmm. I think having that many people there, and I'm sure the millions of people watching mm-hmm. on Optus and Seven, mm-hmm. I don't think you can overstate the impact of that match tonight. And we can talk about the match in a moment, but just from the off-field impact of this game, it's hard to overstate for mine because you have so many people with interest in the Australian women's national team now. And there was talk this week that have the Matildas really cut through. And it was on different programs on different networks that we won't mention. Mm-hmm. Have the Matildas really cut through? I think we can absolutely say for sure that they have, based on tonight. I wonder why such a question would be posed. Hmm. 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 Funny, that, isn't it? Hmm. And I'm look, scratching my head. I don't know I, why. I don't pay attention to those other networks. Maybe we're talking in our own little bubble, but look, um, it just does not make sense to me at all mm. that somebody would actually pose that question at this time. Unless they've got a wheelbarrow to push. Hmm. Yes. I was just, you know, I don't know. It's just a hunch without, you know, going into who that is. I have no idea, right? But, yeah, the, it's funny. It's rude. Yeah, just a funny <laughs> observation. You're right. This is a significant night in Australian football history because it is the second time that Australia, beating the men's or women's side, have qualified past the round of 16. It's significant, yeah. significant moment. It is, and to do it in front of 75,000 of your home support. And I had a little look around. The seats we had in the ground were up on level three at the end that the Matildas were attacking the second half. So mm-hmm. we had a great view of the ground and the, the people in the stands. I yeah. saw a lot of green and gold as expected, and yes. there was one tiny pocket of red and white on the camera side, and uh, they were very much outnumbered. So okay, yeah. to have... Uh- very much 75, so. what was the official crowd? 75,800 or so. Close enough, Seven, yeah. 75 and a half thousand mm. screaming yep. supporters for the Matildas. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. So good. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. You're right there. That was a great atmosphere and the roars were deafening for the goals. And yes, it was a, a great atmosphere. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the game itself, it was it was an unchanged lineup we should mention from Tony G from the match against Canada. And I think the first half was funny, especially prior to the Caitlin Ford goal, where it looked like both teams did both teams didn't really want the ball. Mm. Uh Denmark kind of reluctantly accepted that they would have more possession of the ball because Australia really, really, really wanted to play on the counter. It's our strength. Mm. And yeah. we saw that with the goals that ensued later mm. in the game. Correct. It's funny, that first 20 minutes or so, Denmark were really dangerous. They were cutting through the the midfield really easily. Very nervy. They didn't force any crazy saves out of Mackenzie Arnold. No. But she still had a couple to make. And it wasn't until Steph Catley goes down with an injury, Mm -hmm. which I think is very good captainship. Yep. And it just took all the energy out of the game at that point in time. Yeah. Allowed the team to regroup. And pretty much, I'd say, from Steph Catley's pause of the match... I have some question marks over the validity of her injury and uh, 
and I wouldn't have it any other way because it yeah. panned out to be very good. Mm-hmm. And it was very smart. A heads up play from her. Mm-hmm. The Matilda's regroups. And from that point on, I don't think you could say that Denmark were the better team for any significant portion of the game. Yeah. Look, credit goes to Denmark for the way that they started the game. Mm. They really put Australia on the back foot and actually made you think, okay, if something needs to be changed up, where is this going to be changed up? You're right. The professionalism of Steph Catley appeared to be the circuit breaker. And I'm not saying that in a cynical way at all. Oh, no. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, it was, you know, a good play there from fair play, fair play to her. Um, but Mary Fowler. Oh, we have to talk about Mary Fowler. What a player. That assist. I would say, look, there were there have been a couple of good assists in this round of 16 phase, which we'll get to tomorrow. But that, from an Australian perspective, has got to be one of the best plays in a World Cup. Just an, yeah. an amazing ball. And it's not just the ball. It's the first touch. And the first the touch of the turn. And then the pass. Correct. Yeah. yeah. The entire play. Mm. She made that goal out of absolutely nothing. Yep. A brilliant pass. And well done to Caitlin Ford for reading it. The, the speed of her and the composure and control to tuck it between the keeper's legs and in, into the back of the net. So, Nathan, I was in line with that. With that goal. Oh, well, yeah. We're Fantastic. In, I was in line with that. Yeah. So, uh, when Caitlin Ford um, uh, hit that, it was just... Oof. Fantastic. So I was in line with it face on. So we were on the camera side, the fixed, the hard camera side, looking at it in front of us. And it was just a, yeah, just a brilliant finish. And from where I was sitting, I got the perfect view of the assist. Yeah, you would have. Yeah. Just the perfect view of that channel where the ball went into and just, oh, amazing. It was amazing just an to see. impressive piece of play. Mary Fowler's a star. She is. Because she is. Absolutely. She made that first goal and she played a major hand in the second goal as well. That's, look, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about this, that second goal. Mary Fowler, 20 years of age. She's the future of this team. And now that she's sort of getting more and more established in this national team, she'll get more and more established at Manchester City. Mm. And she's only going to improve. It's scary for the other teams how much Mary Fowler is going to improve over the next half a decade. Couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. I think you're right with regard to Fowler's hand in the second goal. But Cooney Cross and that composure and just the awareness just to play the pull, the pass that she does for that second mm. goal. Uh, again, she was quite impressive, I thought. Not the best player on, on the field for Australia, but I thought she was quite impressive still. And yeah. um, smart, little play by, yeah, smart little play by Van Egmont to um, to lay it off for uh, Rasa. First time finish. Great, com- great composure because players, you wouldn't blame them for getting a little uh, overexcited trying to turn and have a shot themselves. But to see how the Rasa open for a pass and still a great finish from Brazo to put in the back of the net was not easy by any means. Mm. Is, yeah, another great team goal, you have to say. And I think, really, it, even outside of the goals, the Matildas were pretty good in the second half. Denmark sort of faded away quite a bit after yeah. halftime. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think after halftime, Australia were in control, well and truly in control of the game. And it looked comfortable. It was a comfortable defensive display. And I'm going to say Claire Hunt was the best player on for Australia today. She was fantastic. It's a toss-up between her and Ford for mine. Ford was brilliant, but I'll tell you what edged it. The composure that Hunt showed at the back in the second half with that little passage of play, two like two one-twos and then a pass into uh, Gory, I think it was, or maybe Cooney Cross, just, and then Australia sends the ball left out to, to Caitlin Ford and it was just absolutely beautiful. And there was another one similar like where she hits Carpenter. It's just, yeah, she was just class. And it's hard to yeah, believe she, she and it's hard to believe that she has the you know the number of caps that she has 
<laughs> you know, she's playing yeah. like a, a true veteran, right? Incredible. Yeah, very much so. There was a couple of moments where she was passing out from the back and I was thinking, oh, that's a bit loose. But no, it was zipped into its intended targets and mm. uh, well controlled, I thought. Obviously, if you get one of those slightly wrong, particularly what we saw tonight, then it would have been resulting in a very good Danish chance. So yeah. a high risk, maybe not so high reward play for her sure. at times tonight. But hey, if it doesn't come off, then happy days. Yeah. yeah. If there's no mistake, then happy days. That's um, right. You're right to point out Cooney Cross. Fantastic, fantastic again tonight. Mm. Another great performance from her. And um, we saw during the week the links to a lot of the top WSL teams. Yeah, yeah. And rightly so. Her performances this tournament have been fantastic. She's up mm. there with the best player for the Matildas. Yeah, she's up there. She's definitely up there. Yeah, definitely up there. I th- look, there are a couple of areas that we, I think the Matildas need to improve on, I think. I think Carpenter and Rasso just needs a bit of work. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a bit out of sync at the moment as can I mean obviously it, it's a huge and that's a hard comparison to make when you've got Catley and Ford playing at the same club as well right on the same side of the pitch and it's you know just translated across but yeah there were times where and I'm talking about also so not only their link up but their individual positioning I find that Carpenter wants to come in too much right so it's just something that you've got to be wary of as we enter into the latter stages of this tournament but I mean, and having said that, Carpenter played really well, really well. It was the best game of the tournament. Yeah, yeah. Tonight. Yeah, completely. Oh, I, I agree. In the group stage, I Sam, think mm. Kennedy, Hunt, and Steph Catley have all been fantastic. Carpenter, slightly less mm. and slightly disappointing throughout the group stage. Been a little bit harsh, but that's the way I see it. And I think it's a fair tonight, assessment. Tonight I think it's was a fair assessment. performance. Sorry, Nathan. I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah, and I think tonight was her best performance. And hopefully it's a sign of things to come, of course. And I think there's room for improvement with that. I would be surprised also if uh, Van Egmont starts the next game, to be honest. I think Kerr comes in from the off. And Fowler would drop into, I can't call it a 10 roll. It's like a nine and a half. Um, <laughs> it's a 10 roll. <laughs> it's a 10. And look, you know what? I think she can play 10. Yeah, I think she can too. I think she can play 10. No problem and at all. And I think Van Egmont was good for her start tonight. I had no problems with the lineup. Yep. Because if Kerr's not starting, then I think Van Egmont needs to because we need someone with some physical presence up there as a bit of an outball. Yeah. The only thing that um, Van Egmont needs to be careful of is just holding onto the ball for too long, trying to draw the foul when you'd probably want her to release it so we can actually, you know, go forward. But phew, look, that's really, um, those things that I've stated there are, are really nitpicky. Yeah, but, for sure. But I think. As you get to the latter stages of a tournament, I think you need to be aware of this and, and try and address these, you know, these minor issues. Because Australia were, you know, were good for the win tonight. They were really good. Look, again, credit to Denmark. Penilla Harding didn't stop all night. She was a nuisance, right? Yeah. Um She was easily the best player oh, in red tonight. And look, um their midfield tore the way. It was a battle in the midfield. It really was. It was a lot more physical than what I thought it would be, to be fair. Mm. And Denmark yeah. made it a really physical battle. And I think you appreciate that once you're at the at the ground, that how physical this game was. Um, yeah, it was, it was – Denmark didn't take a backward step, but, uh, you know, the Matildas were, were too good for them, I think, and, and well-deserved the win. Yeah, very much so. It is much more obvious when you – see the games in the flesh, what happens in the midfield. 
sometimes it's hard to keep track of on TV because they yeah. go out a shot at times and yeah. uh, it's easy to get drawn to the ball a little bit. When you see it in the, in the ground yourself, there is so much more you can draw and so many conclusions you can mm. get watching the midfield battle go head-to-head. And I think at times, we were texting each other during the game, mm. that Razo got a little bit too isolated. She was yep. marked out of the first half pretty much entirely. Agree. Someone needed to come over to that yep. right side to cause uh, some confusion in the Danish ranks mm. more often than they did to get Haley involved a bit more in the game. Mm. Yes, she got the goal in the second half, but really it was a tough night for her. Yeah, it was. It was a really tough night for uh, for uh, <clears throat> Haley Razo. Mm. No, it was. It was a it was a tough night, and I think look. Gory is a warrior, right? She he really yeah. is. Uh, she puts her body on the line for everything, um, you know, and and that typifies the spirit of this team. Now, the only thing there that we need to be wary of in in midfield is just the when we do win possession of the ball, what do we do with it, and how quickly we can actually move the ball on, or how we hold it up and actually get numbers, um, or, you know, numbers to support because uh, the midfield definitely needs it because you know. As you get the deeper into the tournament, you're going to need that kind of support um, for your midfielders and and uh, more movement off the ball. You can't just rely on one way of playing. And, and look, it's been you know it's been successful at times um, where you know let the opposition have the ball and soak up the pressure and try and hit them on the counter. But I think we need a little bit more variety to the play. Yeah, I think so as well. And Katrina Gorry, you mentioned her. She didn't have a great night with the passing in again tonight. It's pretty obvious her role in this team in the midfield when in possession. Kuruni Cross does a great job of dictating tempo, but Gori's the one who's got to try and find a long ball to a wing in space or over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fullbacks do that as well, but more up the line. I was going to say, yeah. Gori's the one in midfield who tries to find a, a diagonal pass. Mm-hmm. And plenty of times tonight it didn't come off, and it got a little bit frustrating at times. But I think what she's been tasked to do in this midfield is something that Cooney Cross isn't being tasked with, and that's perhaps a little bit why Cooney Cross looks slightly better mm-hmm. across the four games so far, because Gorry's been asked to do a lot more with the ball, yeah. and maybe that responsibility should be spread around a little bit, and not just on her to find that pass yeah. in, in into a channel, into a diag, into a diag. Do you, do you think the Matildas, Matildas should play with the three at the back of Hunt, Polkinghorn, and Kennedy, and then you know, and have Catley and and Carpenter? as your wing-backs, because they effectively do that anyway. Yeah, to an extent. It's just how the rest of that team would look. So if you're bringing in Polginghorn, are you dropping, yeah, who's coming out of the team? I think you'd sacrifice Van Egmont. No, but then when Kerr's fit, you'd have to drop one of Ford, Razzo, Kerr, Fowler, because you still need that two in midfield. Yeah, well, you need Gary Gary and Cooney Cross. Yeah. And then you would have uh, Fowler and Ford. Yeah, I'd drop Van Egmont. But then where does Sam Kerr play? Up front, Isolated. Where does Hay- where does Haley Razo play? Mm, yeah, well, Rezo, yeah, well, there's one too many Rezo, players. Re- Rezo, Rezo would miss. <laughs> no, Razo would miss out. I'm going to go with no. To be honest, mm. to answer your question, I think the strength of this team is the pace on the on the flanks. Ford and Razo. That's how we've scored both goals tonight. That's how we scored uh, a couple of goals in the group stage as well. Mm. Yes, it'd be nice to push Carpenter and Catley up a little higher. Yeah, I understand that, but I don't think it's worth ripping up. The, the final third, what they do at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just thinking I'm just thinking that um, from a midfield perspective and actually having a defensive midfielder support Gorry so you can actually push Cooney Cross on forward, right, and actually have, you know, a bit of interchange. So you would probably play 
uh, Kennedy, like in the middle of the three. Mm. You know what I mean? But, yeah, look, it's, I'm just spitballing with regards to that. I think, you know, I don't see a need to change as yet, but we may have to at some point um, as we get a bit deeper. Yeah, of course. And we need a plan B. That was the criticism after Nigeria. Correct. And I don't know how quickly it can develop one, but we might need one against France if it is to be them in the quarterfinal mm. because as we've seen this tournament, they're a fantastic side. Mm. I am interested to see whether Kerr does start the quarterfinal. I don't think she does. Because Tony G would have budgeted for Kerr 40 minutes tonight. You think so? She played the last 10 and uh, yes. you have no, to be aware <laughs> for the situation if Denmark yeah. picked up an equaliser. Yeah, that's right. Send it to extra time. So he was prepared to give Kerr 40 minutes tonight mm. plus stoppage time. Mm. So if she's fit for 40, then she's probably also going to be fit for 60, 75-ish. It's getting to the point where she might start. And I'll tell you what, one of the biggest roars of the night was when Sam Kerr took that bib off. Sure. And it became obvious she was coming on. Yep. And every time she came out down to the side of the ground that we were sitting at to do the Mm warm-up, there was times where people were watching Sam Kerr doing the warm-up more than what was happening out on the pitch. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's fair. Look, I I think... He, she will probably start. I think Tony G will start her uh, in the quarterfinal. I think, and to your point with regards to plan B, I think we need a plan B in defense and also a plan B in attack. And if not, a, you know, a plan C, right? So, but um, yeah, that's where I was coming from with that. I think, mm. I don't think that um, he will make that change. I think he'd be more inclined to go with a four four two if he is going to change anything up, even though that really wasn't successful. Uh, against Ireland. Yeah, I think, yeah, you would need to see a similar team and shape, mm. I would find, from the off against France if it is them. Yeah. And I think Kerr starts, Fowler slightly behind, Ford and Raz on the wings. I don't think there's going to be any guessing competitions for the Matildas lineup on Saturday. No. Look, it'll be a 4 2 3 1. Yep. I just wanted to see some chids tonight, to be honest. Same. I think I think the game was crying out for it, actually, at one point. And that would have helped Razzo out a bit. Yep. Because she likes to drift slightly right. And and it would have been Chids for uh, Van Egmond. Mm. That would have been the change I would have made. Yeah, I don't know if bringing on Courtney Bond was the right move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, she's a great player. She's got a bright future in front of her. But um, look, maybe Tony G thought it was like for like. Laz, I think the Matildas getting through the round of 16 and into the quarterfinals, I think that just about covers par for the tournament now. Of course, we all want to see him get to the semi-final and beyond, but I think getting to the quarterfinal is just about a pass mark. Of course, we want more. Yep, yep. As far as expectation you're referring to. Yes. A pass. Is, are the quarterfinals a pass mark? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think that's fair. I think, look, you're in the top eight of the world. I think that's fair. Uh, I would prefer a final. Oh, sure. <laughs> I prefer they win the whole are, thing. <laughs> are we calling a You know, I mean, you know. Um, but, yeah, look... I, you know, a semi-final or a final would be ideal. Of course, of course, of course, it's ideal. But yes, I think for mine, the Matildas, whatever happens from here on out, we can look back on this tournament as a bragging success for Australian football. Whatever yeah, sure. happens here yeah. on out, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's the fair. angle I'm sort of coming at from whatever happens on Saturday. Mm. I'm not here trying to lay groundwork on an exit. Mm-hmm. That's not my intention, but mm-hmm. it's just. Where we sit now in terms of expectation for this team mm-hmm. coming into the tournament, you pre- mm-hmm. predicted them to win, mm-hmm. and I think you predicted them to win because you can't lose on that point. They either win or you're just being optimistic. <laughs> I said both. <laughs> uh, I, I, I made it quite clear that I, I was both optimistic, hopeful, and I think they will win. Um, mm. But but I realise that anything can happen in knockout football, 
right? Especially so, when you're potentially coming up such a great team yeah, in the quarter and, and and we'll talk about that in when in our review of the round of sixteen, As which we will, we'll yes. record tomorrow. Well, later on today. <laughs> yes, it is later on today. <laughs> Much later on today for a for a Thursday morning drop. Or I lost my days for a Wednesday morning drop. Yes. Today, yeah, we did finish Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> the Matildas uh, did play Monday night. It is Tuesday. Yes, they now. did. Yes. <laughs> yes, this part will be going out uh, on Tuesday morning. And then yes. we have two more games France, Morocco, Jamaica, Colombia. Two games I'm very much looking forward to checking out. Yep. And we will record after Jamaica, Colombia for a drop in the morning. Yes, indeed. Indeed. This feels Which like will... a, one of our regular up lates, but a really, really up late. <laughs> yes, an up, up late turning into an up all night, I think. Uh, oh, yes, no, right. we are going to call it there. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone, for Thank listening you. to this pod. Yes. And it's great to have the Tilly through. It's great to have your company once more. And we shall speak to you tomorrow. Take care. All enjoy the football. <laughs> <laughs>